Hey, how we doing? How we all doing? Hey, why don't we give the band a hand? They've done such an amazing job. I'll just get my stuff out here. Get sorted out here. Hey, um, wasn't supposed to be like this, hey? Like, so if you don't know me, my, my name's Jeremy. I'm, I'm a dad, and I've got four kids. And um, when the twins were born, I got, I got twins, and I had three kids under two. Got a 16-year-old at the moment, five-year-old, two, three-year-olds, and honestly, like, it wasn't supposed to be like this, hey? I, I've, I've seen all the pictures on Instagram. I've seen Beck and Chris Judd, you know, the footballer and, and, and the model, and, and they've got twins, and pretty much I've seen the pictures of them going to get their lattes and their active wear, kids trailing behind them and there. Uh, active wear or designer wear, not a spot in sight. But here I am carrying all the stuff. <laughs> you know, but before I had kids, like me and Lisa, before we had kids, it was like, and, and actually, who's living the dad life here? Who's living the dad life or is it dad? You kind of get, probably get this. Before we had kids, it was like, we want to go out to dinner and we just go out to dinner and it was just like, we'd look at each other and say, hey, do you want to go buy to eat? Yeah. And I was like, oh, what do you want? Well, I don't care. We could just jump in the car and drive around and find somewhere. Cool. You want to do that? You up for it? Yeah. Yeah. Hang on a second. I'll just get my keys and my phone and we'll walk out the door. It's not like that no more. When you have kids, man, and you know if you're in the dad life, man, just to go to the shops, you've got to get all geared up. I've got bags, I've got nappies, I've got three kids, and they're all different sizes, so I needed three different sizes of nappies. And of course, one nappy's not enough per child, you need like about four or five nappies per child. You need wipes, you need about five million wipes, you need nappy bags to put the, the messed up nappies in so that it doesn't stink the place out, you need hand sanitizer, you need wraps, you need clothes, times three for each child. <laughs> You need all this stuff. You need food, bottles, formula, then food for the older kid, then extra food, then extra nappies, then extra stuff. The dad life is I'm basically a glorified pack mule. I just carry stuff around all the time. Don't get me wrong. I love my kids and I love being a dad, right? It's true. It's true, but pretty much half the time, I'm a glorified pack man. Whenever I go anywhere, we went to the beach yesterday. It took us 45 minutes to get ready to go. We had to get the kids dressed, sunscreen, all the stuff, and then they're running away. We had to bring them back in, put your jandals on, get ready to go, and then we're about to walk out the door. Hang on a second. Togs. Go back up. <laughs> took us 45 minutes. Hashtag dad life, y'all. Do you ever feel like, like normal life's like that sometimes? That you're just sometimes just carrying all the stuff around? Like, it's like the dad life. We get ready to go to the shops, 
But you know what I've noticed as a pastor and looking after people for years and years and years, often it's like, yeah, we get ready to go to the shops. We've got to get geared up, carry all the stuff around the shops. It's like a major ordeal. But you know what I've found is like often Christmas is like that for a lot of people. It's like, hey, it's Christmas time. All of a sudden, all this stuff that we carry, we've got to get the nappy bag on, make sure we got the stuff. And we carry all this stuff around Christmas time. Often it's stuff in the past. Often it's stuff from our past. And Christmas is almost like this, this trigger almost for a lot of people. It like reminds us of stuff that we've had happen in our past. So we go through Christmas carrying all this stuff. And oftentimes, that kind of stuff, there's this, there's this thought, of, you know what, it's not meant to be like this. I've seen all the other people on Instagram with their perfect life, sipping on lattes in their active wear, doing the duck face. And we're carrying around all this stuff. And it's stuff, right, it could be anything. Relationships broken down and gone bad. Marriages, relationships, the whole blended family thing. Often Christmas is like a reminder of that. You're, you're picking up kids from one place and you're with doing Christmas dinner with another mob and then could be family relationships gone bad. i got to say for our family this year, we've had a, a family thing go down and this is probably our first year ever that one of our family members isn't going to be around for Christmas dinner. And you carry that stuff around. Could be loss. Could be this sense of loss at Christmas time where you look around and you, you see the people who used to be there that aren't there anymore. My wife's family, Christmas time for years and years and years has always been a, like a, a sad time of year because they lost parents and a sister around that time. So every Christmas when the family used to meet, it was just a sense of, and they would carry that around. Might be disappointments, stuff that didn't turn out that year the way that you thought it was going to turn out. It's just not supposed to be like this. That, you know that feeling? It's just not supposed to be. It might be regrets, stuff that, that was said or done or circumstances we've contributed to. Could be sickness. And we've been through that this year. You know, like you're just going about your life and all of a sudden like a sickness happens and it's like, life's not supposed to be like that. And you come to times like this and, and for us as a family, you come to and we've got Christmas parties and all that and we're juggling all this stuff and it's just that, you know, life's not meant to be like that. Maybe it's being mistreated by people who, who shouldn't have mistreated you that way. See, for me, Christmas growing up was always a reminder that I didn't have any grandparents around. See, my mum grew up in a cult. And she grew up in this cult, and she ran away from home at the age of 15 because they were going to marry her off to this older guy. So she got cut, shut out of this cult, and she never saw her parents again until, well, she never saw her dad again. She went to his funeral, and she finally met her mum after her father's funeral. My memory of my grandparents was when I was about, I don't know, seven or eight, we went and knocked on their doors to try and say, hey, we're your grandkids. And we knocked on their doors. They opened the door and we said, hey, we're your grandkids. And they said, hey, that's awesome, um, but you're not supposed to be here. Can you please leave? 
That's my memory of my grandparents. So every single Christmas growing up, I was all like, all these other guys have got these grandparents that are awesome, buying them presents, buying them gifts. I've never saw mine. And oftentimes Christmas can be like that, y'all. It's like instead of going to the shops, it's like, hey, it's Christmas time. And for a lot of us, it's like, oh, oh, got to carry this stuff around. And, you know, there's sometimes that thought that as Christians that somehow we become a Christian that we're going to be immune to all that stuff. It's like we have, you know, like the backstage pass of Christianity and it's like we can walk through life like, yeah, you know what, I'll just, no, no, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And I avoid all, but that doesn't happen. We're not immune to life because life happens. We don't get that free pass, unfortunately, as Christians. But I want to tell you something this morning. God is with you. I want to tell you something, even though for a lot of people, Christmas time, and, and, and there's a few nods of kind of like, yeah, I'm getting that around here. But I want to tell you this morning, yeah, Christmas time might be a source of that kind of like, ah, it's not supposed to be like this kind of vibe. But I want to tell you this morning, you know what? The actual reason for the season is Jesus, and there's hope. The actual reason for the season is Jesus, there's hope, and he gives us stuff and he makes promises and given us promises in his world to help us get through that. And I want to share you with you five things from the book of Romans. There's this amazing chapter in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. Honestly, I, I've read it. Stacked so many times, but I, I read it again the last few weeks, and it was just like I sat there the first time I read it again and just read it for about, I spent two hours early in the morning just reading it, and God was just like opening it up to me. It was so amazing. And in this chapter, Romans chapter 8, Paul makes five kind of, he sets them out as questions, but the five truths, pretty much five truths that Paul gives us that helps us get through the stuff of life. That kind of thing I talked about. When you're there at Christmas and it's just like, oh, Paul gives us five truths. If we get them, if we get them in our heart, it helps us, helps us get through. The first thing he says is this. I'm going to read from um, the Bible here. And he, Paul says this. I, I, I so love this. This is going to help you. This is going to help you. If you're feeling like you're carrying around this stuff this Christmas time, this is going to help you. If you meditate on this, Paul gives five truths and he's kind of wrapped them up in questions for us. The first one is this. So what does this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, then tell me who could ever, ever stand against us. I want to tell you this morning, God is determined to stand with you. God is with you. There's nothing that could ever stand against you. God's with me. I want to tell you this morning that God is on your side. I want to tell you this morning that God is with you. He is for you. And he is standing with you. He's at your side. There's nothing that you can't overcome. There's nothing that you can't overcome. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. There's nothing in your past. There's nothing in your present. There's nothing in your future that you can't overcome with God at your side. He is standing with you. I don't need to be afraid. 
I don't need to be discouraged about life. I'm telling you right now, life does not need to intimidate you. Life does not need to intimidate me. I can be bold. I can be confident and stare life down and stare the things that have gone down in my past. I can stare them down because you know what? God is with me. God is with me. And that gives me incredible strength. If my God is with me, who can be against me? Nothing. Nothing. And that's the first thing is this. If God is with me, who can be against me? And then Paul says this other, this next thing here. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. This is incredible. He says, For God has proved his love by giving up his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give. He won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give. Whatever you've missed out on, whatever's gone down in your past and has ripped you off, whatever you've lacked in your life, whatever's actually been stolen from you, whatever you need from God, he won't keep that from you. Healing, a miracle, provision, belonging, his love, family. It's kind of funny for us. It's, it's like growing up. So we moved from New Zealand in 1986, right? And the whole grandparent thing was kind of going down. We had cousins and stuff over there, but we moved pretty much to Australia to plant a church, and it was just us by ourselves. So we had no family over here. And so like growing up as like a young teenager and a young guy, we didn't have much family around from, aside from our immediate family. But you know what? God placed us in a family called his church. And you know what? What I lacked, God provided. What I didn't have, what was actually ripped off from me by circumstance when I was young, God provided. I may not have had grandparents that doted over me and gave me presents and and done nice little grandmas that did all the things that nice little nanas are supposed to do, the stuff my kids get. I might not have had that, but you know what? God placed so many older people in my life. Not old, old, I mean older. So many spiritual parents in my life that spoke into my world that were there for me. I want to tell you this morning, you know what? Whatever has been ripped off from you, whatever has been stolen from you in the past, God is not going to withhold his goodness from you. God is going to work together all things for good if you love him and you are called according to his purpose. That's the second thing. Got to put the brake on. The third thing that Paul says, Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Paul says this, Who then would dare accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge, and he has issued his final verdict over them or over us, and that final verdict is not guilty. 
not guilty. God himself, the Father himself, has issued his final verdict. He's the judge. He's the absolute. And over every single one of us, he has actually already issued his final verdict. If you believe in Jesus, he has issued his final verdict over your life. And you know what that final verdict is? Not guilty. Doesn't matter what regrets you have. Doesn't matter what stuff you have done in your past and you look back on it and it's like something you might carry and go, oh. Doesn't matter what regrets are. You know what? God has already issued his final verdict over us. And that final verdict is not guilty. Your mistakes, your failures, your stuff that you've done in your past where you're like, oh, you know what? That went down. And you know what? I didn't mean it to end like that. I didn't mean it to go down like that. But you know what? Guilt has no place in a follower of Christ's life. Guilt has no place in a Christian's life. There's only one person who would dare accuse you, and he's the enemy, and he's not the good guy. And at the end of the day, God is the judge of all, and he says, you know what? We are not guilty, so don't be a slave to your past. Don't carry that thing, those regrets, that guilt of what went down in your past around with you, especially in Christmas time, because often you see that and it's like right in front of your face. Don't carry those things around because God himself has said, not guilty. And you know what? There is no accusation or that's going to stand up against you. We are not guilty. Jesus was the only one who could live the perfect life. Jesus was the only one. who. So God sent him on our part because of our sin, because of the stuff that we've done wrong. And the Bible says Jesus was delivered up for for the stuff we've done wrong, our transgressions, our sins. But the Bible says also he was raised up for our justification. That's a Christian word that means, you know what? You are not guilty. And that God took Jesus' perfect life. And, and Pastor John talks all the time about the great exchange where we take the stuff that we've messed up, our failures and mistakes and not measuring up and missing the mark. God takes Jesus' perfect life and goes, you know what? There's an exchange here and I'll give Jeremy Jesus' perfect life and all my mistakes and, and mark from my past and my regrets places that on Jesus. And I'm here, not guilty. You know what? Guilt has no place in your life. Guilt has no place in your life. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. Leave that aside. Oh, oh, this is getting lighter. The fourth thing that Paul says, and this this is amazing. You ready? Romans chapter eight, verse thirty-four. Then who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. For he gave his life for us. He gave his life for us. He laid down his own life for you and me. But even more than that, he conquered death. Now he's risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? Jesus gave himself up for us. That's the Christmas message, right? But not only that, he rose. He's seated in 
in heaven beside the Father. And he is praying continually for us for our triumph. God's heart is 100% for us. God's heart is 100% for 100%. If you don't believe that, you just need to read that one verse of the whole Bible. God's heart is 100% for you. Not only that, he, Jesus, he, he intercedes for us. He prays for us, for our triumph. He sticks up for us. He sticks up for us. But not only that, he's able to do. You know why he's able to do that? Because he understands us. Because he understands us. Our Savior understands everything we've ever been through. Our Savior, Jesus, he understands everything that we've ever been through. Think of this. If you've ever felt pain, so is Jesus. If you've ever felt loss, so is Jesus. If you've ever been betrayed and mistreated by someone who shouldn't have treated you like that, you know what? So is Jesus. If you've ever felt separated from those that you love, so is Jesus. One of his final things he ever said was, Father, why have you forsaken me? If you've ever felt misunderstood, so is Jesus. If you've ever felt alone, so is Jesus. He understands. Our Savior understands everything that you've been through, everything you're going through, everything you're carrying. He understands. And you know what? Because he understands, he gets it. He's not some distant spiritual God with no understanding of what it's like to be flesh and blood on this little rock in this corner of the universe. He understands us. And you know what? He loved us so much. He gave himself in spite of all of that. He's raised up. He's praying that, you know what? He's praying for us saying, you know what? You're going to win. You're going to win. You're going to win. Awesome. Awesome. If God's for you, who can be against you? If God wouldn't even withhold like his, his son, but he'd give a son for his own son for us, well, he's not going to withhold anything else that he has to give us. He's not going to entertain any condemnation or accusation against you. You are not guilty. Jesus, our Savior, is seated in the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for us to win. He's praying for our triumphs, and you know what? He understands us. Finally, Paul says this, and this is so cool. This is one of the best passages of scriptures in the whole Bible. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 said this, Who could ever separate us? From the endless love of God's anointed one. That's Jesus. Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, or even death threats? No. For they are all impotent or without power to hinder the omnipotent or the, the most powerful love that there is. 
Even though it's written all day long, we face death threats for your sake, God, considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, listen to this, we triumph over them. For God has made us more than conquerors. And he demonstrated, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with a confidence that there is nothing in this universe with the power to separate me from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There's no power above us or beneath us. There's no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which he lavished upon us through his Lord Jesus, the anointed one. I kind of feel all I really need to do is read the Bible. How good is that? Nothing, no one, no trouble, no problem, no pressure, nothing that's gone on in your past, no broken relationship, no sickness, no loss, nothing ever that's ever happened to you, nothing ever that may happen to you in your future can ever separate you from the love of God. And you know what? He proved this love when he gave himself for us. It's not some like pie in the sky ideal. Jesus proved his love for us when he went to the cross knowingly, made that decision because he loved us. He went to the cross and demonstrated his love for us. And you know what? I want to tell you this morning, doesn't matter what you've been through, doesn't matter what you're carrying, nothing can ever take that away from you. When we feel alone, when we feel not good enough, full of regret, disappointment, under the pump, you know what? We overcome in the end. Because nothing can separate us from God's love. How cool is that? He's with us. He's for us. You don't need to carry that stuff. You can give it to God. Exchange whatever we're carrying for his freedom. His love. I think I've got this one right. Don't drop the bag. There we go. It's just a doll. I want to tell you this morning, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, which he demonstrated on the cross for us. Hey, I want to pray for you this morning as we go through Christmas. As I've been speaking, there's, there's been, through the thing, a, a few nods of, yeah. As I've been speaking, and, and, and there's been people sitting out here that go, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. I've seen it. I want to pray for you this morning as we head into Christmas. I'm going to pray for God's peace. I'm going to pray for his freedom. I'm going to pray that you would feel his love.
his acceptance. And I'm also going to pray that you would know that whatever it is you've faced, whatever it is that you're carrying, you win in the end because we have him. Why don't we all close our eyes? If, if that's you this morning, you're identifying with that, all eyes are closed. Just lift your hands to God as I pray. Thank you, Father. God, I pray for every single person here. God, as we go into the season of Christmas and these things pop up, these ghosts from our past, Lord God, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you, Lord, that you stand by our side. You won't entertain any guilt or accusation against us. You won't withhold anything from us. But God, you're praying, interceding, every thought, every moment is bent on us. I thank you that you poured out your love on every single one of us. God, and I pray this Christmas time that we would know your presence. Lord, and we would know that you're there. Holy Spirit, fill us with peace. Fill us with your love, your unending love. Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Hey, one final thing that I want to do. We do.